you and you have him. Uh, amen. Good to see some folks get blessed while that song was being sung. Wiping tears, heart touched. No doubt thinking about the goodness of God. Amen. All right. Uh, open your Bibles to Acts 19 this morning and find that place. It's page 1175. If you have a Schofield Bible, it's in the New Testament. Uh, no matter what kind of Bible you got, you really got a messed up one if it ain't the New Testament, I tell you that. <clears throat> in Acts 19, we're going to begin reading uh, in verse uh, 1, and we're, we're just going to read a little bit there, and then we're going to drop all the way down and read the rest of the chapter, okay? Okay, the Bible said, And it came to pass that while Paulus was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We've not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Now drop down to verse 8. And uh, the Bible said he went to the synagogue, talking about Paul, and spake boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. But when divers were hardened and believed not, but spake evil of the way, behold, the multitude, he departed from them and separated the disciples, disputing daily in the school of one Tyrannius. And this continued by the space of two years, so that all they which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul, so that from his body were brought under the sick handkerchiefs of aprons, and the disease departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits in the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjourn you by Jesus whom Paul preacheth. And there were seven sons of one Scevia, a Jew, and a chief of the priest, which did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are ye? And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them, so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. This was known to all the Jews and Greeks also dwelling in Ephesus, and fear fell on all them. All the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. Fear fell on all them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus magnified. And many believed and came and confessed and showed their deeds. Many of them also which used curious arts brought their books together and burned them before all men. And they counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Thank you and be seated. Father, we come this morning, we... Lord, by our head, we thank you for the Bible we just read from, the Word of God. Lord, we thank you for the singing that we've heard throughout the morning. Lord, the teaching that went on different places today. Lord, as we come now, Lord, this morning, gathered into your house, uh, Lord, forgive us that sometimes that, Lord, by the way we act and what we do, uh, Lord, we act like church is not really that important. But we realize, Lord, it was so important, the church was, that Christ gave Himself for it. And, uh, Lord, you thought the world needed one, and so you built one and still building it, and it's still here today until you come and take it out. And, Lord, as we come this morning, we pray that something might be said today that, uh, Lord, might awaken somebody out of their slumber today. Lord, something might be said to shine a light on some lost soul that they'd realize they need to get saved before it's everlasting too late. We pray that always the Lord Jesus would be magnified and lifted up in all things that He might have the preeminence. It's not important today that they hear what I say or even see me, but it is important they hear the Word of God and they see you. Now, Father, we pray for all the lost today. We might be amazed at how many lost people are sitting here today, and not only today, but every week. And uh, Lord, as we come today, 
Lord, we realize that all of us, we need the Lord to revive us again today that His people might rejoice in Him. Now, Father, we ask Your blessings today and may God get glory out of what's said. And I pray we'll leave here in a little bit and be glad we was here. And Lord, we'll let the Word go out and have free course over the internet today and we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, I've been down in my back all week. I should have put myself on the prayer list. I told somebody the other day that if my body was an automobile, I believe it'd be a lot of check engine lights on. But uh, we read here this morning and uh, in Acts 19 and the verses I've read down through here, and uh, what's happened here, they had, a, they had a revival here at this, this local community there. They had a great revival. And uh, someone said, well, we won't never have another worldwide revival. I didn't know we ever had had one uh, worldwide. Uh, but we do know that every dispensation ends in judgment and apostasy. Even the millennial. At the end of the millennial, the Bible says that uh, fire came out of heaven, devoured Satan, and uh, all those uh, that were there. And so every one, we, live, we enter into that perfect eternity in Revelation 21. Uh, I don't think that one will if you could count that a dispensation. Uh, but all of them end that way. Now the word revival in itself is not even in the Bible. It's like the word rapture. The word rapture is not in the Bible, uh, but what it is, is in the Bible. First Thessalonians, that word rapture, it's a, I think it's a Latin word, means to be caught up. And, uh, and the Lord says that we're going to be caught up with the Lord uh, up in the heavens. Amen. John chapter, or John Revelations 4, John said he was caught up before uh, the throne. And uh, so we... Uh, we know that even though the word rapture is not in the Bible, we know there's going to be one. Amen. I hope you're going to be a part of it. Uh, the Bible word revival is not in the Bible, but the root word of it is, and uh, that's the word revive. Psalms 85, 6, he said, Will thou not revive us again, uh, that thy people may rejoice in thee. Psalm 137, verse 7, he said, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad that if no one else wants it, you can have it. Uh, and he said, you can have it amidst troubled times. Amen. Habakkuk 3, 2 said, O Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years. Well, I'm glad for that. I'm glad that God can do a revival work in the midst of God's church and God's people. Be good to have a revival in the Sunday school department. I'd be wonderful to have a revival in the midweek service. It'd be wonderful and great to have a revival in, uh, in soul winning and door knocking. It'd be wonderful, amen. I'm glad that you can have one even in troubled times. I like what the Bible said in Isaiah 57. And he said, For thus saith the high and lofty one, that's God, that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. I'm glad that God can revive the humble and I'm glad God can revive the contrite ones. That word contrite means feeling or expressing remorse or repentance affected uh, uh, by guilt of sin. I, I'm glad the Lord can revive somebody like that. Amen. Now here was the Apostle Paul and, uh, and others there was witnessing and preaching the Word of God and they've been doing it for two years. After two years they had, uh, they had a little bit of a Revival there, local church revival, if you will, community revival down there at Ephesus. And there was three things that happened that I want to look at this morning that happened down there when they had that revival. Uh, first of all, that I realized that when they had that revival, 
the Bible said that there were some spirits that showed up. Uh, the Bible said in verse 11, and he said, And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul, so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs and aprons, and the disease departed from them, and evil spirits went out of them. And uh, on down verse 15, he said, Evil spirits answered them. Now, let me say this morning that if anybody anywhere has any degree of revival, the Holy Spirit's got to show up. And uh, in the beginning of this chapter, there were some there, uh, and Paul said, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said, We didn't even know there was one. They must have been Baptists, amen. Uh, They didn't even know there was a Holy Ghost. And, uh, and if some people know there is a Holy Ghost, they don't want to mention it because they're afraid they'll be labeled a Holy Rollers or something else. Uh, but there is a Holy Ghost. I pray He'll fill every service. Uh, I know I want to be filled with Him. Amen. And when the Holy Ghost comes, uh, He does a lot of things. He, he is the anointer. You say, oh, you mean when the preachers get up to preach? No. If you're saved, you have an anointing. The Bible says in 1 John 2 that that you have an anointing and that anointing helps you to hear. That anointing helps you to see. That anointing helps you to understand. And thank God for the anointing. Amen. And the Holy Spirit comes and He assures us the Holy Ghost is one way that we know that we have been saved. You say, why? His Spirit's in us if we're saved. We're sealed by Him. And the Bible said that it's called the Spirit of Witness and He'll let you know you're saved. Now, He'll let you know you're saved through that book you got there in your lap, but He does give the assurance. And then the Holy Ghost makes you aware of sin. Were it not for the Holy Ghost taking the Word of God None of us would have ever been aware of our sins and none of us would have ever even known that we had sin and we were lost without the Holy Ghost. So every revival I've ever been in and I've been in a few over four to three years but every one that kind of lived up to its name enough you'd call it one, the Holy Ghost was there. Now let me say this, that when the Holy Ghost comes... Uh, the Bible not only talks about the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, if you will, but the Bible said here that when the thing broke out and the revival got going, uh, uh, the Bible said there were some evil spirits that showed up. Amen. Anytime you start trying to do something for the Lord, start doing something for God with any success at all, uh, uh, there's always going to be uh, evil spirits to show up. That's what happened here. Uh, anytime the church gets going good, uh, the evil spirits are going to show up. Amen. That's just the way it is. That's why that when you have revival, you say, well, uh, I know something happened. We're having revival. And I got sick. Or I know something happened. We're having revival. My, my car tore up. Or I had to work overtime. Well, uh, in other words, we say anytime we try to have revival that there's always some hindrances in trying to do that. Well, that's kind of what happened here. They're having revival and uh, Paul is doing some miracles. Now, uh, I know these televangelists and I know they get you money for uh, sending in money and they say, uh, send the money in and, and, uh, and I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll wipe my forehead with this handkerchief, get some of my sweat on it, mail it out to you, and you lay that on you and you'll get better. Now, uh, I have to confess to something. Uh, how many members Betty Ferguson? All right, Betty was, uh, yeah, John does, that's his mother-in-law. And Betty, boy, she was, a, uh, she was a faithful Christian, boy. She would not mess. Uh, she was here. And uh, Betty got cancer, and uh, and uh, she had to take treatments like some of you have had. And of course, she got really sick, and and nobody was allowed to go to her house. Uh, you couldn't go to her house because you know might t- bring something in. And I understand that, but I was so burdened for Betty, and she was calling me 
uh, and uh, let me know how sick she was and, and all like that. And, and Betty, she always had a strong belief in James 5 about anointing. And Betty said, Brother Rick, if you could just come and anoint me, but you ain't allowed to come. I, and uh, boy, that just broke my heart. So one day I was in the office praying for Betty and, uh, and I thought about this scripture and I thought about James and I said, I know what I'm going to do. I said, I'm just going to get this handkerchief out. Uh, now, don't, don't tell this out on me. The Baptist won't have me in to preach no more. Uh, but I just anointed a handkerchief and I just put it in an envelope and I mailed it to Sister Betty and I said, Sister Betty, I'm not able to come and uh, pray for you because I might bring something in on you. But I said, the Lord helped me think to do this and I sent it to her in about two days. She she called me and she said, Brother Rick said, oh, I'm so thankful for that. She said, I just lay here on the couch and she said, I get sick. And she said, I just lay that on my forehead and said, seem like it helps me and I, I, I'm not, not sick and I feel better. I, I, well, you know, I, I know a lot of this stuff is, is for the early church age, a lot of it's other dispensations, but I'm like Brother Ziegler. Every now and then I like to drag a little of it over in ours and use it, amen. <laughs> And uh, so that's about the only time that, you know, I ever did anything like that. But uh, Paul was a healing people. Well, I wish that was still like that today, amen. I, I'd get out of here today, go to the dollar store and buy me about $500 worth of handkerchiefs and a bottle of Crisco oil and I'd be mailing them out and in business, amen. But I want you to know that anytime you try to do something for God, there's going to be evil spirits show up. And they're counterfeit spirits. You know, the Bible said, try the spirits. Unfortunately, there's more spirits in the world than the Holy Spirit. And the Bible said, try the spirits in 1 John 4 to see whether they be of God or not. Uh, uh, you see, they, they were counterfeit spirits. And, and these Jews that come up, they were kind of counterfeit too. These vagabond Jews, these exorcists, they come up and they were, they were counterfeit too. And I think we have a lot of counterfeits in the church today. Uh, I think the problem is that we got too many that's been whitewashed, but they ain't never been washed clean in the blood. And I think that's what the problem is. Uh, for Revelations 1 and 5, the Bible said, Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, first begotten of the dead, prince of the kings of the earth, uh, who loved us and washed us from our sins uh, uh, in his own blood. Amen. Uh, and uh, so I'm glad that I'm not just whitewashed. Uh, uh, you ever do any whitewashing? Uh, you know, you don't. You just weaken paint down to hardly nothing, and then you just whitewash. I think there's a lot of people in the church today, not really in the church, but they're in the church, uh, uh, and they've been whitewashed, but they've never been washed white in the blood of the Lamb. Uh, uh, I'm glad for the blood; it washes white as snow. Amen. Uh, it ain't like that whitewash; it'll wear off in a few months, but that blood. Uh, uh, it's still there, Marla used to sing that, the blood's still there. And I'm glad there ain't nothing that can take it away, amen. And so there were these, uh, these counterfeit, uh, if you will, Christians or counterfeit spirits. And you couldn't be a counterfeit Christian without being led by a counterfeit spirit. Amen. You see, we look here and these uh, evil spirits, they were counterfeit. And they were conversing spirits. They, they talked to them. Amen. Uh, you know, the Holy Ghost, uh, He impresses upon us. Now, He don't talk to me audibly. He don't talk to me that I can hear Him like I'm hearing myself talk. Uh, uh, but the Holy Spirit takes the Word of God and sometimes He impresses it upon you so strong. Uh, uh, it's like that He's just there talking to you. Amen. Uh, uh, you ever had that experience in prayer or that experience maybe riding down the road and thinking about the Lord uh, and all at once uh, you feel like your name's being called uh, uh, and you look around to see if anybody's there. I've been out in the woods or the field or somewhere and I've been out there and I thought somebody called my name uh, and I'd look around. Of course, there wasn't nobody there uh, and a preacher told me years later, kind of helped me. He said, that's rapture practice. Said every now and then the Lord, uh, uh, He calls your name just to make sure you're listening. Amen. Uh, uh, well, thank God I was listening. 
But you see, these spirits began to talk, the Bible said. Verse 15, and the evil spirits answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are ye? I can never read those verses that I don't think about Brother Eddie. And uh, Brother Eddie had a confrontation with a demon-possessed uh, uh, woman and uh, and she grabbed a butcher knife and Eddie thought it was over. Uh, he thought she was going to kill him and he run through the house and she run after him. Uh, and uh, he told me that story that lasted about an hour. Uh, and uh, and uh, I, I'm not going to do that today. But I remember I asked him at the end of it, I said, Eddie... I said, why didn't you try to cast that spirit out of her? He said, I was afraid that that spirit would say, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who in the world's Eddie? Amen. Uh, and uh, so, uh, you know, there is, uh, I think there's a lot of that in our kind of a day. I think there's a lot of demon-possessed people today. And, uh, you know, it got, it got more that way at the end of the noetic age. Uh, and uh, they, even, uh, they even got to doing a lot of things uh, right at the end of that age. And I believe you and I are living down to the end of that noetic age. Uh, and I think we're seeing a lot more of that. Amen. Uh, uh, but you know, you start having a good meeting, good service, good revival. And uh, them old spirits will try to talk to you. You say, well, they say, they'll say, don't testify. They'll think you're silly. They'll say, don't go down to the altar and get saved. Uh, uh, you can do that later. Uh, uh, they'll talk to you and say, it's not important that you read your Bible. Uh, don't talk to somebody else. They'll get offended. Uh, oh yeah, there's a lot of talking going on today. Amen. Uh, uh, that's them old evil spirits. Uh, and they, they're camouflaged. Uh, uh, you see, they hide themselves. They blend into the congregation. Uh, and a lot of people can't discern who they are, what they're doing. I, I preached a revival at a church and years ago, and uh, I started on Sunday night, and uh, and it just so happened, and I didn't know it, but it just so happened, it was open opening day of deer season. And uh, me and Max Helen drove up to the church, and we got there about five o'clock, and the pastor come running out to me, and I rolled the window down. And he said, Brother Rick, I just want to tell you, he said, uh, today's opening of deer season. And he said, I get up about four o'clock, I fix all the deer hunters, men, women, boys and girls, I fix them all breakfast uh, and have prayer over them and then they go out to deer hunt. Uh, and I'm like, well, what are you praying? They'll get a big buck or, you know, what do you pray over something like that? Uh, uh, he said, but they all do that and they've done it again tonight. And he said, but they'll be back. But he said, they'll all, uh, they'll all have camouflage on. I just want you to know that. I said, okay, I, fine with me. You know, I just come to preach. Boy, he wasn't lying. They come in, men, women, all their camouflage on. I tried to preach that night. I got in the car. Max Helen said, what did you think? I, I said, I don't know. I couldn't see nobody but you. Everybody else was camouflaged. But they, uh, them camouflage spirits will try to hide themselves so you won't really see them or they'll try to make you think it's the Spirit of God, but it's not the Spirit of God, amen. You see, these spirits showed up. Well, I mean, they had a pretty good meeting here. And anytime you have a good meeting, the spirits will show up. We had a, had a little meeting here back a few years ago and uh, God blessed us. We went, I think, 22 uh, services, I believe, is what we did. We had some, some, several people saved, and you know, so forth, and and so on. And uh, and we was all still mourning and and, and suffering and and, and broken hearted over the loss of Brother Nathan, Sister Kay. I mean, it was like the church was in mourning. And to this day, one Sunday night, we had a great service and little bit more than average and I said church this is too good to not come one more night and see what God wants to do well we came one more night and the man got saved we kept going on for about 22 services I preached every night was the easiest preaching I've ever done in 43 years of ministry I'd wake up every morning and the Lord would just impress upon my heart uh, the church come in 
I didn't have to. I didn't have to pump it up. I didn't have to say anybody else. I, uh, the church come in testifying, and and church come in going to the altar. Church was bringing uh, family in, folks in, and I mean uh, the Lord was just in it. Amen. Uh, and I, I believe with all my heart, I believe God did that for our church uh, uh, to try to comfort us from the mourning and the brokenheartedness that we had uh, over losing Brother Nathan. Amen. What a great time that was. Somebody, preacher said, Brother Rick, that'll never happen to you again. Probably won't. I, I'm not saying we won't never have another service like that, but he said God will probably do it some other way, and he probably would. Amen. But these, uh, these uh, camouflage spirits here, you do understand 2 Corinthians 11 verse 4. You do understand that the Bible said there is another Jesus. And you do understand that the Bible says that there is another spirit. And you do understand that there is other Bibles. And uh, you do understand there's other preachers. And uh, you see the Bible said that. I, uh, I've been in a service or two that I remember so well that I, I went because of somebody else and I went and got in it and immediately when I was in there immediately I, uh, I, I sensed that there was a spirit there but it was another spirit uh, uh, you see there is another spirit that's why the Bible said you got to try the spirits uh, uh, to see whether they be of God uh, or whether they be something else amen uh, so they showed up the spirit showed up Holy Spirit evil spirits but they had a good revival here you say why well, sin was dealt with. Look at verse 18. And many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. Many of them also which used curious arts brought their books together and burned them before all men. They counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. You see, if a revival is real, it'll have to deal with sin. It can never overlook sin. Really what brings the revival about is God's people confessing sin. I heard a preacher the other day and he's an older preacher and he said, I think we're causing the churches not to have revival anymore because we don't preach an hour, hour and a half anymore and we've cut all our sermons down. Well, I'm not so convinced, Brother Marshall, uh, that it's the... Uh, it's the long preaching that brings revival. I believe it's the long altar services. Uh, uh, people get on the altar and pray and do business with God and weep and cry. Uh, I think that's what brings it. Amen. Uh, I remember years ago we first come down here in this building. We had a good service on Sunday night and everybody left and I was lingering doing something and I just walked up here and there were little puddles of tears all along the altar where people had got down there praying for their kids and loved ones and uh, they were just little spots of water all the way across that altar and I started to wipe them off. Seemed like the Holy Ghost said leave them there and I said those are seeds of revival. Amen. I, I, I want you to know that the Bible said that they dealt with sin here. Man, did they deal with sin. And now, it says here, many that believed. I don't know if that was those that had already believed uh, and, uh, and they were been listening for two years uh, or if this was new found believers. But the Bible said either way, they confessed and they showed their deeds. Amen. Uh, hey, it's not the homosexual. Uh, it's not the lesbian. It's not the drug dealer. Uh, it's not the harlot. Uh, it's, it's not uh, those deeply involved in sin that's keeping us from having revival. What keeps us from having revival is our sins, amen. Uh, uh, dealing with our sins. Uh, and if we dealt with our sins, uh, uh, we could have revival no matter what's going on out there, amen. The Bible said that many of them believed and they confessed their sins. You say, what they, what they bring? Well, the Bible said they brought their, their curious arts. They brought their Ouija boards. Amen. They brought their uh, 
satanic books and Bibles. Uh, they brought their uh, uh, they brought their crystal balls. Uh, they bought all them wicked, curious arts that you know that they were using. Amen. That's what they brought. Uh, uh, they brought their Chinese fortune cookies. Tony Hudson's the only preacher I know preaches against Chinese fortune cookies. <laughs> Amen. They brought their horoscopes. They brought all of that. A Christian or just laugh at that stuff. Break your cookie open and eat it, but don't worry about it. Amen. Although sometimes it makes you wonder. I stopped to eat at Chinese restaurant on the way to Ohio to preach a revival. Me and my wife, she liked that evergreens, and, and we knew there wasn't no place better along the road to eat than that, so we went there to eat. And I broke up in my fortune cookie, and it said, you're about to embark upon a long journey. Five hours drive, amen. Sometimes makes you wonder. Of course, if you get one you don't like, just keep breaking them open until you get the one you like. That's the way you do that. I used to have a, that lady had come on television. I don't know what her, what her name was. Miss something. Cheryl got it last time I tried to bring it up. She called her, I guess. Miss so-and-so. And uh, I'm just going to say, I'm just going to say Miss, uh, uh, Miss uh, Marie. I'm just going to use that name this morning. Boy, everybody was calling that 800 number. Brother Eddie come in. He said, I'm going to get me an 800 number. 800 Eddie. He said, when they call, I'm going to say, are y'all saved? And if they say no, he said, you ain't got no future. Hang up, amen. <laughs> don't you think it's odd that all them fortune tellers, and, and uh, you don't see many of them around here, but you go down Bowling Green, Nashville, around places, you know, you see these houses, these fortune tellers, people that can tell you fortune. And uh, they always got an old sign up out in the yard, look like somebody made it theirself, you know, the grass is always this high, the windows are broken out, and the yard ain't been mowed, and the weed ain't, the weed ain't been cut, and, and yet people's dumb enough to go in there and give them a hundred dollars to tell them their future. Don't you have enough sense to know that if she knew how to tell the future, uh, she wouldn't be living like that? They brought all their curious arts together, and they just piled them up, and they they just burn them up. They're, uh, they're Playboy magazines and they brought them and burn them up. And, and uh, they're X-rated uh, movies. They brought them and burn them up. And whatever it was, you know, they brought them and they burn them up and they had a revival, amen. Uh, uh, did you know how much stuff they burn up? $32,000 in our money today. They burn up $32,000 worth of sinful stuff. I'd say we could have a revival. We'll just have a move of God like that around here. You say, what do you mean? Oh, we built a big bonfire up out back. And folks start bringing their cell phones and throwing them in there. Most of you ain't, you wouldn't have no Ouija board, nothing like that, you know, to throw in there. But, uh, you know, whatever's, whatever's sinful that's keeping you from being all out for God. You know, uh, bring them cell phones and throw them in there and the fishing poles and the boats and the guns and the golf clubs and the four-wheelers and the TVs and, and, uh, and uh, our jobs and, and doctor's appointments. You know what I've noticed? I've noticed that doctor's appointments are always on Wednesday. Now, I don't know about your doctor, but my doctor, I'd say, Doc, I can't be here on Wednesday. Plug me in on Tuesday or Thursday. Uh, yeah. Amen. Amen. I bet we can have a revival. Yeah. What do you think? Right. Our ball games. I came by the boys' club yesterday, and they had to be 150 cars there. They was there all morning. They was there all night. Not all night, but, you know, till dark. 
I come by this morning, 8.30 on the way to church, and there's almost as many cars there. They've done started it again. You say, what's going on in there? I don't know. I may be wrong. If I am, you inform me, enlighten me, but I think they're in there playing ball. Billy Mitchell said you could bounce a basketball off into hell and the whole world jump in after it. I'll tell you what a, what a bust up a good revival. Uh, I'll tell you what a test one, whether or not it's real, bring Billy Mitchell in for about an hour. If it lasts, it's a real deal, amen. <laughs> bring Bill Grady in for about two hours because he ain't going to preach an hour. Bring him in for about two hours. If it lives through it, you got a hold of something real there, amen. Uh, I, I'm telling you this morning, uh, if we could bring all those things that uh, keep us, you know, from uh, being in church and being around the things of God, uh, uh, our jobs. You say, well, you mean we got to work, preacher? Yeah, but uh, everybody don't have to work on Sunday. Most Sunday work, volunteer. Most of it. People volunteer. Why? They'd rather work and go to church. You don't get paid for going to church. You give money there. Miss Bailey told me the other day, she said, Brother Rick, your preaching's better. I said, well, I just told a guy the other day, he said, I've been listening to you ever since you started, and he said, you ain't changed a bit. I said, no, it wasn't no good when it started, and it still ain't no good. Amen. But I tell you what, what she meant. She said, she said you're preaching a little bit more on sin. She's pretty perceptive about that. Amen. But you ain't gonna get nobody saved without preaching on sin. Uh, uh, you ain't gonna get no backslider rededicate their life without preaching on sin. Uh, uh, most of the church is dying from sugar diabetes, and not the kind I got, but sugar stick sermons. Amen. You say, well. They won't come if we, if you preach hard against sin. They won't come. Well, you're still coming. But my pastor told me this forty-two years ago, Brother Marshall. He said, "Run them in or run them out." He said, "Don't just let them sit there and live in their sin and do what they want to do." He said, "Preach the Bible, preach against sin, and they'll either get in or they'll get out." I was going to preach somewhere and it wasn't a Baptist church. And I said, brother, I said, I don't know what to preach over there. He said, preach the Bible. It'll fit any congregation. If it don't, they ain't put together right anyway. Amen. So they dealt with sin. $32,000 worth of sin. Imagine how much money uh, there would be to give to missions and to give to God if we didn't have all our toys that keep us out of church. I preached for Brother Roark over in the Appalachian Mountains and they have a full house on Sunday morning but you won't find 15 or 20 there on Sunday night. And Brother Brother Roark said, Brother Rick said they all got four-wheelers. And he said after the Sunday morning service they ride these trails in this mountains till dark and they ain't coming back to church Pull that thing up on the pile and burn it, amen. Uh, and uh, we might be able to have a revival. Amen. The Bible said they brought all these things. Preacher didn't take it away from them. I, I know a pastor friend that he'd go to your house. I mean real pastor authority. He'd go to your house and he'd look in your dresser drawers and, and in, your, in your TV cabinet. If you had something in there, if you had something in there, it was going or you was one. Don't get nervous, I ain't coming. I'll tell you one thing, they had the power of God around that place. See, the more clean and the more pure that a place is in holy living, the more the power of God's going to be there. That's just the way it is. That's just the Bible, amen. God's not going to bless a bunch of uncleanliness. But when people get clean and get right with God, God had turned the power up. Amen. Amen. $32,000 worth. They just brought it on their own. See, that's real revival. See, I could preach about smoking. And I have. Ain't nobody hardly smokes anymore, so it ain't really worth the trouble. But used to back in the 
back in the back in the oh late seventies, early eighties, everybody preached on smoking. Because everybody smoked. And if you watch some of them old TV shows, you'll know why. You can get lung cancer watching Perry Mason. I mean, he'll smoke a pack there in a minute. Him and his buddy there that I think look like Homer Hensley. But you watch them old shows and they're all smoking, amen. Hey, I was smoking in the sixth grade. Don't you grandkids do that either. I went out behind the ag building in the sixth grade. That's where all the big boys went out behind the ag building. Every school had an ag building. If you want to be big, you had to be out there with the big boys. And I went out there for school one morning. I went out there and backed up against the wall and asked one of them for a cigarette and he gave me one. And I lit it and I hadn't even got the thing lit good and a hand reached through a broken window and pulled me up against the wall and said, come around here, you're going to the principal's office. Seemed like I always got caught just as soon as I'd done anything. And on the way, on to show you how times have changed, on the way to the principal's office, I passed some of my friends and they said, boy, your reputation's runt now. I got me a cigarette and my life was runt. My reputation's dirt. That's how things have changed. And I met my sister, Sheila. I met her going in the hall and I passed her and she said, you wait till I tell daddy and mama. But see, my dad, he's this old redneck bulldozer driver. The next morning at breakfast, she blurted it out. She couldn't wait, you know. Daddy Ricky got caught smoking at school yesterday. And my daddy said, what kinds of smoke? I'll get you a pack. I hate this old slipping around stuff. That's how I was raised. <laughs> Amen. Lord, I don't know how I got off on that rabbit trail. I don't even know how to get back now. But they brought it. You know, they brought it and laid it down. Oh, I know where I was going now. We got up to Camp Glory. And boy, them preachers and Brother Sheets were death on it. And Jimmy Hood and a lot of them guys were death. And boy, about two nights into it, everybody's preaching about smoking. The altars was full. There was whole cartons laying on the altar. And on Wednesday night, Jimmy Hood brought all his bunch over. They all came to the altar at the end of the service, and when they left, they wouldn't have packed nowhere. All right, the spirits show up. Sin has to be dealt with. We have to deal with sin if we're going to have a meeting. And it can't just be the preacher. It's got to be the Holy Ghost that puts His finger on it in your life. And then the Bible said in verse 20, so mightily grew the Word of God and prevailed. The Scriptures were magnified. There could never be a revival without the Word of God. The Bible said that for three months Paul disputed, of course, out of the Word of God with them and they didn't like it and so he went to this other place and for two years, verse 10 said, for two years that all they which dwelt in Asia heard the Word of the Lord Jesus. For two years they didn't hear nothing but the Word of God. The Word of the Lord Jesus. You say, what is the Word of the Lord Jesus? That's the Bible. That's the Word of God, amen. You see, the Scriptures were preached. And then, what really brought the revival was the Scriptures were practiced. It said, many that believed came and confessed. See, here's the problem. We still got a lot of Bible preached. But we don't have a lot of Bible practiced. That's where the problem comes in. You see the, the crowds, uh, you know, you have people come in, you plant a seed and they leave and you never see them again. Well, you know what happens with a seed if you plant it and it don't get water, it don't come up, it, don't, it dies. Paul said that I've uh, planted, he said, Apollos is watered or vice versa. 
And you see what makes things come up. You take old brother John back there. Got saved. and He'd been sitting here hearing the Word of God for a year. So we got the Word planted in there and then was able to water it Sunday after Sunday and everyone else came along. Uh, guess what? It came up. But the reason you can't get it to come up nowadays because you get to plant the seed but then they leave you never see them again and you don't never get to water it anymore. Practiced. Did you know if everybody started just practicing what Bible you know? I know there's a lot we don't know. There's a lot about God I don't know. I've been thinking a lot about God here lately. Brother Mike, I've just been thinking about how much I don't know about God. But I believe that He is and He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. I can't deny Him in my life, but I can't exactly explain Him. I know Jesus said, He that has seen me has seen the Father. I know He's like Jesus. But there's so much about God, Brother Brian, I don't know. But I just believe it. Amen? That's what they said they did. Said, And they believed. They believed. If you just started what practicing what Bible you know, It'd bring a revival to this church. Just start doing what you already know to do. What you've been taught, what you've heard these evangelists come in here and count meeting preachers come in here and preachers you've heard what I've preached. Just start practicing what they said do. Instant revival. For instance, if everybody that knew that you're supposed to be at Sunday school on Sunday morning came to Sunday school, tripled. Wouldn't be just a few over there. That thing would be full. Be full out here. Instant revival. If everybody knew that you're supposed to tithe and start tithing, instant triple offering. Amen. I don't say a lot about the money. Uh, a few years ago, I preached on a whole month of February. I preached on stewardship and tithing. And, uh, Fellow was here, one of Zeb's friends, and as far as I know, he hadn't been back. Not because of that, he's got his own place. But, but Zeb said he said that he'd been here twice. He'd been here twice at both times. He preached about tithing. Well, it must have come two times in February, because I don't preach that much about it. Now Tom Tuggle, every time Tom Tuggle preaches, tithing. He's got about 30 outline books. Every outline has one point in it. Tithing. Even his message on hell has a point on tithing. Brother Tuggle said, Brother Prophet, they talk awful about me around here. I said, what do you mean? He said, he said, I always tell them, you need to tithe, you need to give, you need to do what the Lord said to do. And he said, they got this saying here in Moxville, North Carolina, and they said, if your child swallows a quarter, don't take it to the emergency room, take it to Tom Tuggle, Dutchman Creek Baptist Church, he can get money out of anything. <laughs> and you look at that 50 congregation and that $7,000 offer and you believe it. No doubt the missionaries, oh, the missionaries they support. Scriptures preach. Scriptures practice. And I'm done right here. Scriptures place where they ought to be. The Bible said, so mightily grew the Word of God and prevailed. You know what's more important? Church growth? Bible knowledge growth. Learn your Bible. You know what makes a strong church? It's not 500 cars in a parking lot and 600 people in an auditorium. What makes a strong church? There might not be 15 people there, but if they know their Bible, that's a strong church. Knows the Word of God. The other one's a weak church. Because most times something like that, they don't know any Bible and don't care nothing about the Bible. But he said, so mightily grew the Word of God and prevailed. Do you know what God has done? God has placed His Word above all His name. If you don't believe it, read Psalm 138 verse 7. He said He has exalted His Word above all His name. That's pretty high, buddy. His Word's more important than you. It's more important than me. It's more important than our denomination. It's more important than what we've been taught or believed. 
The most important thing in this church right here uh, is that right there. Amen. Uh, and when that goes, uh, everything else goes. Thank God for the Word. Amen. They had a revival. Say, why'd they have one? The Holy Ghost showed up. Spirit showed up. They had a revival. You know why? Sin was dealt with. They had a revival. The Word of God was magnified. I like services where it gets out, gets on. I'm all for them. But you got to even watch that. Because sometimes the only reason it gets out and gets on is because they'd rather have that than the preaching. And the most important thing there is, is the preaching. Now whatever we got around here, we've got it because we've preached that book on Sunday morning, Sunday night for the last 42 years. We believe this book right here, this authorized version, this old King James Bible, I can't say we because I don't know about you. I've had some we's that I thought was we's, but I found out they wasn't we's. They wasn't with me's. They said they believed it, but they didn't. Say, how you know they didn't? Because they left here and went right down to the church where they didn't even have one in the building. But as for me, I believe that that book right there is God's Word for us. It's the Bible. Without proven error. And when you magnify that book, God will magnify you. When you take care of the book, the book will take care of you. Amen? So this morning, just wanted us to just take a little look in Acts 19 where they had a real good local revival. That's what we need around here. Real good local revival. People get in. People that's got out get back in. People draw up closer. Scoot up closer to Jesus. That's what we need. There's only one thing worse than no revival. It's a fake revival. But why have a fake revival when you can have a real revival? Father, as we come to You this morning in the name of Jesus, 